I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 76 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all Dynasty Fantasy Football, I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for the show. I would appreciate and encourage you to do so. Guys, we are back. Hopefully, you enjoyed that introductory chat, more of a theological chat, if you will, with Rich. Rich is back again. Rich Cooling at Dynasty Island. Make sure and give him a follow on Twitter. Great dude over on this side of the pond. We are going to be diving into actual players and some values. We're going to talk positions. We're going to talk values. We're going to talk how much, why, all that good stuff. So without any further ado, here are some players you might want to look at getting on your squads. Stay on target. Stay on target. Target acquired. So we're just going to take some turns here. We're going to go... Turn, turn and turn about, um, talk through each position, running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, give you an idea of somebody that we think is a value we think you could get and roughly what we think you could get them for and why we think they're a good deal. So I'm going to let guests go first. I'm going to let Cool Runnings Rich go here. He's going to start off with the running backs. Um, who you got for us? Who's a running back vet that you're all about getting onto the squad? Uh, for me, I'm going to go uh, with a guy that I think everybody is obsessing about the 1B in this offense. Um, and that's Aaron Jones. I think this is a guy that is is a stud, has been a stud. I think he's got at least one more guaranteed year in Green Bay. Um, and I think that he's already being cast on the scrap heap because people are looking at that contract and saying he's not going to be there in 2023. So I've got to get out now. And I think that his price has dropped to a point now where you can basically be like, buy, buy him for one year of production and the cost you're paying weighs that out perfectly. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, I, I'm sort of, yeah, I'm right with you on that because I was really off the Aaron Jones train at the start of the preseason. I was like, yeah, get rid of him, get him off the squad <laughs> because I just freak out like with aging running backs. I'm just like, no, I don't want them. Um, but now it's to kind of come to the other side of it where like, yeah, I get it, especially with the the lack of established weapons in Green Bay. I really like Christian Watson, but whether you like him or not, he's a rookie. Um, Dubs is a rookie. I mean, most of their dudes, I mean, Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins. Like most of their guys that they've got other than Alan Lazard, who he's a great player, but he's not, in my opinion, a superstar. They don't have a lot of established weapons. And Aaron Jones has shown, like you said, the ability to be an amazing pass catching back and a really reliable weapon for Aaron Jones, even or Aaron Rodgers, even in the red zone. So I think at the moment, like looking at Dynasty Trade Calculator, they're just out of curiosity. I think you can probably get him for like a mid to late-ish first. Um, and if you're a contender and you need that running back depth to give up a first, a late first, your contender's first or something like that, it's probably worth it because especially if you need that running back depth in this draft class, you're probably not going to get that at the end of the first round. Um, but yeah, no, I, I dig it. I mean, what are some, do you have any idea just off the top of your head, any sort of trades that you would maybe be willing to do or, you know, 
just to give so people I, an idea of how they could go about acquiring Aaron Jones if they don't have a late first burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's it comes back to that trade we talked about earlier. If, if I, I probably don't want to move my 23 first, but if I could get my 23 first would get me Aaron Jones in the second, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, in terms of current draft, I'd probably pay like the 107, 108 for him. Um, I think that for me, it's, it's difficult to be here saying go and buy a veteran running back because one of my things that I preach is never buy a running back in the offseason because I think that the potential for you know Aaron Jones's value to plummet is it's, it's one preseason niggle that keeps him out of the early start of the season and then AJ Dillon's away. So I will never, I, I always say don't buy running backs in the offseason, overpay in August or September. Um, but that's just, because I don't tend to value the running back position and I'm, I'd much rather build around quarterbacks and wide receiver. And I view that running back as kind of that, that final piece that gets me over the top. And, you know, I, I really see Aaron Jones as that again, you know, he was, he's been a top 10 running back the last three years. He's had 60 targets in each of those years. Devontae Adams is gone. I mean, you could seriously make an argument that he's the best receiving weapon in green Bay. And I wouldn't be shocked if we're seeing that target number creep up towards 80 and, you know, potentially even beyond that. And if, yes, AJ Dillon's probably going to eat into some of his rushing work, but the rushing work isn't what's made Aaron Jones elite those past three years. It's that receiving work. Um, so I think that there's a flaw there that he, he could be fantastic. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a calculated risk, like you said. I mean, I'm I'm with you in that my philosophy over the years has changed a lot towards running backs. Like I love running backs. Don't get me wrong. If I could, you know, snap my fingers and have everything I want, I'm going to have a couple of real stud muffin running backs on my, on my roster. But when you're in a startup or when you're having to pick and choose how to build your team for me, running backs are sort of now become like one of the last pieces that I want to add to that puzzle. Um, but yeah, so again, it's a calculated risk. I get it and I understand it. And I agree that there is value there, I guess with veterans. So for me, my guys that I've come up with on my list here are guys that I feel like, are pretty cheap. So I, I with at this time of year, especially if I'm looking to invest in veterans, it's guys that I think are just substantially underpriced for what I could think, I think the return could be. And so therefore I'm getting like a real bargain. Um, not that there's anything wrong with like, you know, absolutely paying up for a Keenan Allen is great. Cause I believe he'll be a top 12 wide receiver this year. And that's really valuable. But for me, I love um, trying to find those bargain guys that you can get a second or a third, you know, for a third. And, and then you can like, flip them in the in the heat of the moment in the middle of like week six when everybody's like freaking out about injuries or you can just use them as that um, kind of depth for your roster so for me my running back that i've gone with is actually kareem hunt um so i like to talk about values and base it on i give i usually just throw out dynasty trade calculator because for me they're one of the more accurate more like reliable sort of like tools that i've used i don't have a lot of subscriptions and things like that i really only have a couple things i've used dynasty trade calculator for a really long time i just find them really useful i also work with dynasty nerds so i cross-reference things with dynasty nerds i do some rankings at dynasty nerds and um, with dynasty trade calculator cream hunt comes in at a value of 8.3 which basically is like a mid second round pick in this year's draft class. And um, that's in a 12 team super flex league. So maybe even worth a little bit less if it's like a one QB league, or you might be able to get it for a later second to me. I'm more than happy, especially if you're in that need of running back. If you're like, I need some running back depth, 
Yes, you might be able to grab Rashad White or somebody like that in the mid-second. But again, that's all conjecture. We don't know. We haven't seen him play. We don't know what his role will be, especially if you're trying to go for it this year and you really need some depth. A couple of things about Kareem Hunt. He had a really disappointing year last year. He missed a lot of time with injury. That sucks. But he's not this guy who gets injured every single year and misses time every single year. And we just know that about him. No, he's not that guy. He's usually been really productive when he's on the field. I mean, at the moment, he's certainly... I feel very low valued, quite low. Um, he's, for example, on Fantasy Pro's uh, best ball ADP, which best ball isn't an exact replica um, for Dynasty, but it gives us an idea of how people going into this season are thinking about this player and how they value him. He's coming in at like RB31 right now, so quite low. Um, he's only 26 year, years old, so he's actually younger than Aaron Jones. Um, he's set to be a free agent next year. He was RB9 week one to six before his injury last year. So he was actually a top 10 running back. Um, and again, it's just so much. He gets so much value through his pass catching, but he's also a good runner. Um, you know, Chubb's been beat up as well these last couple of years, missed time. So I think that, you know, really the the Browns offense should be, if, if Deshaun Watson's playing, it should be a much higher, high-powered offense, a much more high-powered offense even than it was in previous years. And I think you can use him a lot this year. But I also think there's a chance that he then becomes a free agent next year and goes somewhere else and is even more the 1A instead of being the 1B, in which case he's going to be even more valuable. Because don't forget, yes, he's 26, but he doesn't have as much tread on the tires as a normal 26-year-old running back because he was suspended, he missed some time, he bounced around. So I think that for me, I think Kareem Hunt is a real value at the moment, especially if you can get him for like a mid or later second. And some people might just be sick of having him on the roster because they missed so much time last year. They might be a bit frustrated with him. But those are sort of my thoughts with with kareem hunt where are you at rich do you agree with that or are you anti anti kareem hunt no i i love it i think the thing that people forget about kareem hunt is that you know if he hadn't have had the um issues that that forced his way out of Kansas city this is a guy that probably would be talked about as one of the best fancy backs we've had of the the last 10 years you know he was an absolute stud as a rookie in Kansas city obviously he had the issues that that forced him out and then he's landed in cleveland and in a reduced usage role has been an absolute fancy stud and year after year he's undervalued. Um, I think the, the concerns that I hear at the moment around him are the contract. I think, you know, obviously the Browns can potentially move on from him this year um, for no cost. And I think my answer to that is if, if they were going to move on from him, they probably already would. I doubt that a player like Kareem Hunt, that's a veteran that that you you know you respect, if if you cut him in camp, I think you're gonna upset some people. But I think you set a bad precedent for future free agents, yeah. Which which I think is important for a lot of teams. Um, but I also think the other thing is that people are saying, oh well, now they've got Deshaun Watson, he won't check down as much. Well, Kareem Hunt only had an 11 percent target share in games he played last year. Like it's not like he was a extremely high kind of usage guy in the receiving game he's just yeah. incredibly efficient and i think exactly he he doesn't need that massive target share to get work you know if i can easily see a world in which deshaun watson's still providing with that sort of 11 to 15 percent target share and he can be a fantasy stud again 100 percent. and let's not forget the browns are sort of lacking in the wide receiver department you know what i mean so i mean they've got amari cooper who yeah he's a great guy he's a great great receiver i'm sure he'll get his but they've got a rookie Dave Bell, and then nothing else really. So, I mean, they're going to have to rely on the tight end position. They're going to have to rely on pass catching running backs to some extent. So, yeah, 100%. I, I think he's a great value. I think, you know, especially if you can get him as like, 
your RB3 or your RB4 on your squad. That's great. That is fantastic. Um, so moving on then, what about your wide receiver? What wide receiver are you going to blow our minds with for the veteran value of the week? I, I don't know if blow, blow your minds is perhaps the, the right thing. It's It feels like he's a bit boring, to be honest, but I think people have forget just how good he is. Um, and it's Alan Robinson. Uh, so was the wide receiver eight in 2019, was the wide receiver nine in 2020, had a, a rather forgettable year, should we say, last year um, in 2021 was the wide receiver 82. But, and I think that that's still in people's minds and people are thinking, right, Alan Robinson's done, he's past it, he's, he's on the scrap heap. But then you see the contracts that the Rams have gone and given him and they have paid him serious money, you know, that is a two-year guaranteed deal, so he's going to be in LA for at least two years. And I think that that shows that the NFL view him as a still, you know, elite 1B option um, for, a, for a, a passing offence. I think that he made no bones about he didn't want to be franchise tagged in, in Chicago. He got franchise tagged and he said, I don't want to play on the franchise tag, but he realised he didn't really have many options. So I think he kind of sulked his way through last year and and ended up putting up a, a fairly horrific fancy production. And I think that that's meant that his price is now absolutely, you know, bargain basement dirt cheap. Um, so I think that if you're looking for, you know, maybe that, that flex option, maybe that wide receiver, probably like four or five in terms of where he's going at the moment, I think you can do a lot worse than uh, going in and throwing a, what, what are we talking, probably a potential second round pick for someone like Alan Robinson. Yeah, I just looked it up there. I mean, I absolutely love your analysis. And I think that, you know, with guys like this, it's really interesting because when they fall off a cliff like that, you have to look at was it injury? Was it age? Did they forget how to play football? Like, I think with Alan Robinson, it's pretty obvious it wasn't he just fell off a cliff. I don't think he just all of a sudden forgot how to play football. I think he just couldn't be bothered. And that is bad in some ways. Like I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, you're getting paid money. You should go out and just make, make, you know, make the most of it. But I agree with you. I think there's extenuating circumstances. He's obviously got the best quarterback. I just looked it up there on dynasty trade calculator. I, it says you could get him for like, the 112 or the 201 roughly you know what i mean like a late 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 first or early second maybe i mean i guarantee you that in your leagues you know there's guys that would take you know uh some uh, just dude wide receiver and a third or something you know or a second form because they're just not convinced on him you know i think man i can't wait to hear the stories though like he was going for literally pennies on the dollar mid-season like people wanted him off their roster i'm i think i remember i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure i remember some people saying he was potentially droppable like you know what i mean and i mean that's terrible advice but like i think there was some people out there saying things like that um and i honestly guarantee there's going to be people he you know are going to be like oh yeah i got alan robinson for like a 20 22 fourth or something last year when it was like the middle of the season and people were just pissed off. So love that one. I'm going to follow this up with guy that I'm just like, I am gobsmacked about this value. Like, I think this is, I had to double and triple check the values to make sure I was getting this right here because it seems ridiculous. It, it's not me being a homer. I just want to preface this. Like I am a Vikings fan. This is not me being a homer. It's Adam Thielen, wide receiver, Minnesota Vikings. Um, 
on the dynasty trade calculator, he comes in at 4.6, which is a late second round pick. Like you're talking like two, nine to 10 to 11, um, maybe even a three Oh one sort of situation in a 12 team super flex. Like that's insanity to me. Um, he's coming in at the wide receiver 36 on the fantasy pros, best ball ADP. So again, he's coming in like right around the end of the wide receiver three, um, start of the wide receiver four range for people guys. Like a couple things, okay? Couple couple things I just want I want you to think about, okay? Last year in a very dysfunctional offense led by a very disgruntled and grumpy and annoying head coach who is now no longer in the building, in weeks 1 to 12 before he was injured, Adam Thielen was the wide receiver 7 in PPR. Like he wasn't wide receiver 17 or wide receiver 27. He was the wide receiver. So he was a top 10 wide receiver. Now he has the same quarterback. He has not he didn't have like this leg break injury or anything like that he had some niggling injuries he has the same quarterback he has a new head coach who just came from being the offensive coordinator with the rams who had an incredibly high powered offense they are probably going to be at least as efficient if not more efficient than they were last year um he has no other competition that's been brought in they didn't spend any high draft capital on any wide receivers they didn't bring in any major free agents they've literally just got the three amigos there they've got KJ Osborne, they've got Adam Thielen, and they've got Justin Jefferson. So, and they've restructured his contract. So, in theory, they're keeping him around until 2024. Now, obviously, there's money they can get out of that and things like that. So, there's no guarantees, but I think that they're de- he's definitely going to be there this year. And there's a good chance if he plays well and they do well this year, there's a very good chance he's there the next year as well. So, a similar situation to like what you're talking about with Allen Robinson, except for you can get him like at the very end for like a late second round pick, or you know. I'll bet you you can give somebody like Gabe Davis and they'll give you Adam Thielen and a 23 second or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I I think that if you are a contender, you'd be foolish not to go and like kick the tires on Adam Thielen and see what kind of deal you can get for him. Because I think he's just out of sight, out of mind because he, and he missed those last few weeks of the season last year. And that really hurt people. That was their fantasy playoffs. And that really hurts when someone lets you down in the fantasy playoffs, it just sticks with you. Um, So I'm, I'm all aboard you know, for a veteran discount on Adam Thielen. What are your thoughts here, Rich? Are you with me? Are we are we lockstep here? We're, we're in absolute lockstep. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was a little bit annoyed that you stole him as uh, as the wide receiver because he was, he was the one I, I wanted. But look, I think that the thing that you've got to remember with a lot of these players that we're talking about, and it's something that I don't think people are particularly comfortable in, is whatever you're paying to acquire Adam Thielen, you're basically lighting on fire because there is no resale value. So you're basically saying, I am buying Adam Thielen and I'm going to ride him until the wheels fall off. So, and that's where I think people are unhappy and uncomfortable. But if you're paying a late second, okay, so just to throw some numbers at you, the percentage chance of a wide receiver drafted in the late second having a top 36 season is roughly around 10%. Okay, now... Do you think that there is a greater than 10% chance Adam Thielen is a top 36 wide receiver over the next two years? Exactly. I think as long as he's on the field, it's almost a guarantee that he's a top 36, probably top 24, but I would say definitely top 36. And I think that's fantastic um, way of putting it and, and perspective that you're giving it because you're right. You're sort of, that is the, the, that is the frustration or the, the fear is like, Oh man, I'm going to buy this guy. And then he's going to die on my roster. Um, and that is probably true. So that's why I'm saying in this situation, Adam Thielen is a hundred percent contender by like, if you're like, dude, I made it to the championship game last year and lost, like I'm so frustrated. The great thing is though, 
he's like two eleven, right? So if you had your own picks, you can go and get um, you know, Sky Moore or something like that in the first round, and then you can still get Adam Thielen for your second round pick. You know what I mean? So you can still have your cake and eat it too. It's not like you're having to give up all your best draft capital. You can still get somebody in the first round or early second round. If you've got two or three th- seconds, um, spend one of them to get Adam Thielen and still go and grab a couple other young dudes. And that's that's the best way to build is to have a mixture of young and upcoming guys, but also those veterans that can really you can rely on week to week. So moving into the tight end position here, who do you got for us? I love your tight end pick. By the way, I was so close to taking this guy, but then I thought, do you know what? I don't want to take all the good guys. I got Adam Thielen. I don't want to take all the good guys. So I gave you this one, but uh, it is a fantastic one. So lay it on us. I I genuinely can't believe this guy's current price, where he's going. I've pick, I feel like I've picked him up in five or six leagues already this offseason. The way he's being valued is just mind blowing to me. Um, so that's Zach Ertz who last year, I don't think people realised, finished as Titan 5, was the Titan 4, just taking the weeks after he got traded to Arizona. He's he's under contract in Arizona in uh, in 2023. They'd only save $2 million if they moved on from him. So I think we're basically viewing this as a, a two-year window for your tight end spot. He has been a top six tight end every season since 2016 if you exclude the 2020 year where he was injured. This is a guy that is an absolute stud at the tight end position. Showed last year he's still got plenty in the tank. It is an offense that I think is going to take another step forward this year. And yet he's he's currently being cast on the scrap heap because he's he's a little bit older. No, I mean, you absolutely need My favorite, I did, I've only done two, maybe, no, I say, I'm sorry, I think I've done three startups um, this year. My favorite move that I, well, I made a lot of good moves that I like, but one of my favorite moves that I did in one of the startups was I grabbed, it was like a rookie and vet startup. So like everybody was all in the pile. So I grabbed Trey McBride, who I'm really high on and I really like in like the 10th round um, because I knew he'd go sooner probably because of the rookie, because of the excitement. And then like in the 14th round, I grabbed Zach Ertz. You know what I mean? So like, I'm just going to let Zach Ertz be my dude and then let Trey McBride hopefully usurp him in a year or two. You know what I mean? So like, I've got that, that handcuff there that I love that. I love that move personally because I agree with you. Zach Ertz was awesome um, in Arizona and I think he'll be great there. You know, I think he'll be great there moving forward. And the crazy thing is, I mean, you're so right as far as value. I mean, this is fitting right into my bargain bin categories, uh, my dudes, because on Dynasty Trade Calculator, he comes in at like a 3.5, which is basically let me just put that in picks for you i mean that is literally yeah like a mid to late second and that's in a tight end premium league so that's in like the league where he's going to be valued the most you need tight end help rather than you know reaching on the mid to late second on like dolchich who could probably be a year or two before he's any good to you just throw that pick out and this could be a great scenario where you've got like a 203 or 204 you could probably get zacherts and like a 23 third or something like that given back to you um you know so you're kind of just moving back a year in the draft and getting a stud muffin that you can lock into your lineup so absolutely love that one i think you guys need to be going and kicking kicking the tires on Zach Ertz. My guy that I've thrown in here, I've actually pulled the old switcheroo on Rich here. So I, I kind of tricked him. I threw one guy into the docket and then I realized, do you know what? I'm going to be disingenuous to the people if I throw this guy out here because I don't really believe in this guy. And like, I think he is a value. I'll, I admit that he, there is a world it, to be full disclosure. It's Robert Tunyon. So I, I'm just, I'm not a Robert Tunyon guy. I don't really believe in him. 
there is a world where he's great because like we talked about with the lack of like established weapons in Green Bay. So I was going to go on him, but I thought, you know what? The people deserve the best. And I'm going to give him, you know, somebody that I actually think is a value and I think could be like a real shoot for the ceiling sort of situation. And that's Evan Ingram. So I think people have been burned a lot by Evan Ingram and I get it. As a fellow Evan, I'm very disappointed myself. Um, I totally 100% get it, but there's a theme with all of my vets here. They're all very cheap. So the, the you, you know, you got to pay to play, but the cost is not that not that expensive here with Evan Ingram. Same as my other dudes. I'm in Dynasty Trade Calculator. He comes in at a 3.0, which is, again, a very late, even later second than Zach Ertz, which obviously you'd rather have Zach Ertz, but we're talking like 211, 212, maybe 301, something like that. And that's in a 12-team Superflex League. Now, a couple things to bear in mind. He's coming in at tight end 24 and finally Fantasy Pros Basketball ADP. So nobody's really high on him. Everyone's sick of him. He's burned people the last couple of years in New York. He's had the drops. Um, it's not been great. A couple of things that I want you to think about, though. We're looking at a Jacksonville team that last year in a very dysfunctional situation with no tight end quality whatsoever still had over 100 targets to the tight end position. Okay. Evan Ingram is like clearly the most talented, the best tight end that they've got on their roster. And Doug Peterson's in town now. If we go back to Doug Peterson, like we look at 2019 Eagles, Doug Peterson had almost a 40% target share going to the tight ends. So granted, he had some stud tight ends, Zach Ertz, who we've just talked about. There's a real chance that, you know, as Doug Peterson tries to rebuild Trevor Lawrence's momentum and his um, belief in himself and just like who he is as a player, that he does a lot of things in the short game, the quick, quick, get those balls out, get him some stuff that quick, easy completions. And Evan Ingram is a guy who has been a top 12 tight end before. He was a top 12 tight end as a rookie. He's an athletic guy. Um, and, and the cost of acquisition is so cheap. Like I said, he's literally like a third round pick. So if you're sitting in your rookie drafts at the 301 and there's nobody jumping off the screen at you, you can turn and just say here um what about evan ingram you know so i think it's certainly worth a shot for that money and unlike some of these other guys he's not actually that old he's only 26 or 27 i think so there's a chance if he really hits the ground running and you don't really believe in him you think it's more of a situation thing that you could actually flip him so if you're paying the 301 or something like that for him now and then all of a sudden he's like a top 10 tight end halfway through the season you could probably get a 2023 20, second for him or a player that you do believe in. So those are my thoughts on Evan Ingram. What do you think of the switcheroo here, Rich? Are you out or are you going to go with me? You're going to, you're going to ride with me on this one. I, um, I was really looking forward to you talking about Robert Tonyan cause I'm not, I'm not a believer. So um, yeah, this, um, look, I, I like Evan Ingram. Um, I, I feel like I've agreed on pretty much everything you've said so far. So I promise you there is some disagreement coming up, but um for me, the way I view tight end is there's there's kind of the elite four that I'm willing to pay up for. There's then like a tier of eight guys that I consider if they fall to me or if they're a value, I'll take, but I don't really want to have to pay up to go and get. And then there's basically everybody else. And I think that you can throw a blanket over like 15, 20 guys and be like, tell yourself a story about how they're going to be a stud or how they're going to, you know, be able to be a, a top 12 tight end in, in this year. And the view I'd take is that I'd basically try and grab three of those guys if I miss out on the top four. And that's my approach is that, you know, give me a, a Zach Ertz, give me a, a Logan Thomas, give me a, a Brevin Jordan, give me an Evan Ingram and, and just hope that some combination of three of those guys in that late tier will either, you know, if, if one of them turns into a stud, then fantastic. I've got a plug and play starter, but I'm hoping that, I can I can guess the touchdown each week and and try and kind of play the matchups to to essentially produce what will be that 
10 points a week that you can be a tight end five or you can be a tight end 15 can't you it's the way it works every year yeah totally and and i think you know especially like i said you can see the theme with my none of my guys are going to cost you a first <laughs> like none of these guys are going to cost you much to get in on and check out and so um some of them i feel more comfortable about like i feel pretty solid about cream hunt and adam thielen Evan Ingram is more of a dart throw, but again, for like a third round pick or something, or for just like a player that you don't believe in, um, tight end is one of those things that, you know, if it does hit, it can give you such a massive reward, whether it just be on your roster or whether it be flippability that I'm willing to try and take that dart throw on somebody who has proven it in the past um, and is in a new situation that could be really conducive to a tight end. But we're going to talk quarterbacks and I feel like there could be some, you know, there could be some harsh words, some, some disagreements here, some hurt feelings. So we're going to, we're going to let Rich go first here and his, um, his absolute absolute man crush is one of his favorite quarterbacks uh to talk about and uh and who is that who is that rich so i, f- I feel like this is like 90 percent of the reason you've got me on is is just to have this debate about uh about a certain quarterback that plays up in wisconsin um so it's of course Maybe. aaron Rodgers. it's of course aaron Rodgers. i feel like I've, I've got to stick to the brand if i can't talk about quarterback age i, I need to talk about aaron Rodgers at some point um for me i, I just think the guy's an absolute stud you know he has been a a fantasy, a dynasty stalwart for the last 14 years. He's he's finished as a top 12 quarterback, 12 of the last 14 years. He's carried an awful lot of dynasty rosters to championships. Um, and I think that people are kind of ready to send him out to pasture a little bit too early. I think this take was perhaps a little bit stronger two months ago when people were um, jumping ship with with fear of him potentially retiring. And uh, I, I scooped up an awful lot of shares that, that I didn't already have in, in those leagues. But I think that this is a did. guy, <laughs> this is a guy that's got two years minimum on the Packers with the way his contracts are structured. Realistically, I think it'll probably be four years. This is a guy that's coming off back-to-back MVP seasons. He last season, Finished as a quarterback one, so a top 12 quarterback, 62% of the time. He was a QB two, 31% of the time. And then he had that week one game, which will kind of discount and and give him a little bit of a, um, a reprise on as he, I think, wasn't really in the right frame of mind to start the season. But this is a guy that is a plug and play QB two at worst with giving you QB one production 66% of the time. I honestly believe that it doesn't matter who the receivers are, he is going to produce. And people will say, well, he's not done it without Devontae Adams. If you break it down and look at the games he's played without Devontae Adams, he's actually scored more fantasy points per game since Devontae Adams has been a Packer in games without Devontae Adams than with Devontae Adams. You also got to remember back in 2015, which was the last year before Devontae Adams, he finishes the QB9. Let's, let's, let's run a little test here, Evan. Can you name the leading receiver on the Green Bay Packers in 2015? Jordy Nelson. <laughs> it was it was not Jordy Nelson. It was James Jones. Okay. And I think that shows the, the guy has, is still an elite talent. The guy is still an elite fantasy producer. And I think that there is a potential buy low window because I think people are concerned about those weapons and the contract and him getting old and and that kind of thing. And I just think that if I can take guys that are going in a similar round of, you know, startups, ADP, whether that be, you know, Jen Hurts, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, I think that I can guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a quarterback for the Packers in two years' time. I can't guarantee that Jen Hurts, Trey Lance, Justin Fields are going to be their team starting quarterback in two years. And I think that I'm going to get better production 
over the next two years from Aaron Rodgers than I will of any of those three guys. So that's the move I'm I'm making. If I've it's it's a very aggressive move. It's a very win now move. But I think that people in Dynasty, one of my biggest bugbears is that people obsess over age at the quarterback position and people talk about I'm going to have this quarterback on my roster for the next 20 years. But actually you can you can reap some huge rewards by playing the age game and uh, and potentially not buying back years but sort of spending up on years as such. So this is where we're going to have so many problems. So as much as it's been a nice show up until now this is where this is where we go our separate ways. I just I is so I'm so against everything about this. Like I'm not against the fact that he's super talented. I totally agree. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks. I'm totally fine. Even if you want to say that, you know, you think he's going to be top 12 locked in doesn't matter. His receivers, I can kind of get behind that. You know, like I, I get it. I, I wouldn't bet against them. I'll say that, you know what I mean? Um, Mike, my problem is, and, and I w- I'll even say this, if there was like a discount to be had, I would agree with you still. So like if somebody's like, if people, if you can go out to most leagues and get him for like a late first or like uh, a, fir- a late first and some random person, then that's fine. I'm cool with that as well. But the problem that I see is that he still, people who have him still want two first for him. They still want, you know, premium dollar. And the problem is, is that if I'm going to pay up, two firsts or two firsts and a player or something. I want somebody who gives me a rushing floor, which Aaron Rodgers doesn't. And I want somebody who is a bit younger. I mean, you can say you, you guarantee he'll be here in two or three years, but I don't think any of us can do that. I don't think any of us know categorically that he will be here in two or three years. He's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Like we never know what's going on in his head. Like, and not just him. It's, it's all these guys. I mean, Andrew Luck, nobody saw that coming when he stood up and like retired the day before the freaking season started, you know, or whatever it was, you know, guys like that, that, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so with, and it's just a betting game. And I agree that um, people overvalue the quarterback you know, age thing in dynasty a hundred percent. But my problem is that if you want to go down that road, you can go down that road with Kirk cousins. You can go down that road with Matthew Stafford. You can go down that road with a couple other guys who you can get good production from probably top 12 production. And you can pay a lot less for like Kirk cousins. I mean, again, he was very productive last year. He's been very productive for the last couple of years. And right now, if I check values is night and day difference like Aaron Rodgers comes in at a 28.2 on dynasty trade calculator Kirk Cousins is a 12.6 so I can get Kirk Cousins two three times over for what I can get Aaron Rodgers for and I'm not disputing that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback but at this stage in their careers I believe Kirk Cousins has much better weapons he's in a interesting really intriguing system where Matthew Stafford just lit it up under um he's nowhere near as old so for me I just I'm like I don't know I just can't get on board with this take but like I said I'm not saying you're wrong or stupid or anything like that I'm just saying those are my concerns if it's me and I think that's healthy I think that's okay it's okay for us to have that back and forth because obviously I totally respect you and I love your analysis on a lot of things but I know that we disagree about quarterbacks we've joked about it before we joke about it on Twitter we just disagree about quarterback situation um but there you go. I mean, that's that's interesting because there's two sides to the story, you know. So it's like you love Aaron Rodgers and you think it's worth still buying in at that price, and that's great because the thing is, if we were in a league together, I would happily sell you Aaron Rodgers for two firsts. You know what I mean? And you'd be really happy to have him. I'd be really happy with my two firsts. So I think that's what's great about fantasy football is that there are people who value things differently and who look at things differently. But like I said, hopefully you didn't take that the wrong way. I'm not coming down on you or anything like that. I just I personally. 
can't get on board with that take for those reasons because I don't think there's a big dip in value as in like you can get him cheap. And then also, like I said, he is old. He's not Tom Brady. He doesn't take care of himself like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a freaking machine. And even Tom Brady, we had a scare with <laughs> this year. And like, we don't know, you know, we just never know with Tom Brady, especially with that huge, massive contract he signed. Is this his last year? Who knows? I don't even know anymore. I'm not going to guess. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, like I said, that that's the interesting thing though. Wherever you come down on this, that's the cool thing about it. If you have Aaron Rodgers and you want to get out, there might be a rich in your team who's willing to pay up and get that, you know, production. If you don't have Aaron Rodgers, um, there might be a guy in your league that's like more like me and is freaked out about him or doesn't value him the same way. And you can get him for one first or a first and a player or something like that. So I think that, you know, look, what we'll do, I'll go on my quarterback and I'm sure you won't like my quarterback. And then you can do the, you can do to me what I just did to you. And then we'll be even. Okay. Is that fair? My quarterback for my vet bargain bin isn't even an old guy, but again, I sort of wanted to go with a guy that's being super undervalued, so it's super low cost to get in on and could have a lot of upside. Um, it's Daniel Jones, and I know that sounds gross, and it is kind of gross to say. Um, the thing about Daniel Jones is, you know, he is still fairly young. He did have a com- incredibly dysfunctional set of circumstances. And I do take that into consideration with players like quarterbacks. Um, you know, for example, Trevor Lawrence. We thought Trevor Lawrence was this generational talent um, coming in. We just thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. And he came in and just face planted. He had a terrible rookie year. And is that partly on Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, it has to be partly on Trevor Lawrence. But I also put a lot of that on Urban Meyer and a lot of that on the absolute dysfunction of the Jaguars. So were the Giants the last couple of years as dysfunctional as Urban Meyer? No. But were they dysfunctional? Yeah, they were very dysfunctional, very unproductive, um, really did not score a lot of points. Um, Daniel Jones ended up getting beat up last year. But the things I do like, the reasons I like it is his value, 9.8. So it's a 202. So that's in a 12-team super flex. If you're in a super flex and you need a little bit quarterback depth, maybe you've lost somebody or maybe somebody's, you know, you've only got two quarterbacks. You're looking for that third quarterback to be able to throw out a second round pick um, and get a guy who's locked in to be a starting quarterback, at least for this year. That's pretty good in my opinion. Um He's going as QB 25 on Fantasy Pro's best ball ADP. I think most people are basically just categorically out on Daniel Jones. But interestingly, the coaching staff doesn't seem to be, at least not yet. They're kind of like, let's see what, let's get him a little bit better weapons. Let's get him a little bit better um, situation and see if we can kind of, you know, resurrect his career at all. The new coaching staff, I like. The new GM, I like. The better offensive line, I like. A healthy Saquon, I like. Um, And interestingly enough, again, this is my point is like, what I want in an ideal world is I want a quarterback that gives me a rushing floor. I love that. I think that's really key for Dynasty. It's not impossible to have um, you know success without it, but it's really helpful. It gives you that baseline. And until he got injured, so he got injured in week 12 last year, got an injury. But up, up until that stage, he was the fifth QB in the league for rushing. So he was fifth in terms of rushing quarterbacks um, up until that stage. So he gives you that rushing floor. Now, if everything comes together, if they're able to resurrect even like a semi-competent um, quarterback out of Daniel Daniel Jones, get those fumbles under control, you're going to have a steal for a second round pick. You could have a mid QB2 or high end QB2, maybe even a low end QB1 if his rushing is still there, if he's getting those red zone opportunities because Saquon stays healthy and is giving him a running game. If some of these guys, Kenny Galladay, um, Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson step up and start producing. So I think there's a lot of upside and it's a fairly low risk. So if you throw a second round pick to grab Daniel Jones as your QB3, I think that's worth the risk. But Rich, I'm I'm going to go on mute here. I'm going to let you go ahead and roast me and uh, we'll call it even here. 
I don't hate a lot of what you said, but I just can't get on board with how I view the Giants next two years going. In that Daniel Jones is on the last year of his contract. He obviously didn't have that fifth year option picked up. They have got the new regime in, in town. So what we're saying is that this new regime would have to basically bet their future on Daniel Jones for him to have any value past this year. And I cannot see a world in which Brian Dable as a new head coach turns around at the end of the season and says, I'm going to bet my future as the Giants head coach on Daniel Jones. I just don't see that. So for me, the best case scenario is that Daniel Jones is a one and done in New York this year. And I have serious concerns that he's going to be able to produce. And, and I get what you're saying in terms of the value he's at and where he's at. I, I have real concerns that he is going to be the starting quarterback for the entire year. They brought in Tyra Taylor. That is a competent backup. And I would have more confidence that Tyra Taylor is potentially the guy that they turn to after this season has gone. And they say, right, we need to assess the rest of the roster. Because I think the way the Giants are viewing this is, I don't think the Giants think they can compete this year. I think the Giants, the way the cap situation is, the way the roster is, I think they're saying, we're going to see what we've got. We're going to reassess next offseason. And that's when our rebuild starts. And I think that the Giants and the Bears are doing a similar thing where they're sort of saying, let's see what we've got and let's go next year when our cap sheet will be clear, when we've got some draft picks and, and we can build this roster how we want. And I just don't see a world in which Daniel Jones is is around for that. So for me, you're saying Daniel Jones is a one-year buy. I think there's plenty of options that are in a similar price range that I would rather as a one-year rental than Daniel Jones, personally. Who would you say then that you feel confident could get a whole year of production for a second-round pick then as a quarterback? So I, I think if I can go and get Matt Ryan, and I appreciate that Matt Ryan doesn't have that rushing floor that we talked yeah. about. I like but Matt Ryan, yeah. I think that Matt Ryan is a better buy now for me for a similar cost, cost to Daniel Jones. Doesn't yeah, I can see that. I actually considered Matt Ryan because I like him in Indianapolis. I think that's a good fit for him. Um, I do. I think that I wanted to talk about Daniel Jones because I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. And I think you could probably get him for even cheaper than that. And I, yeah. I think the thing is, though, is that what I think is if – so. I would be very surprised because if they're losing with Daniel Jones and they're like, well, he's just dust, he's done. They're just going to let him keep losing because they're happy to get a really high draft pick and get a really good quarterback in 23. So I think he does play all year unless he gets in injured. So I don't see why, because if they're losing and they're already happy to lose, then putting Tyrod in, if anything, just makes it maybe less likely that they lose, in which case they don't get as good a draft pick. So I'd be very surprised if they turn to Tyrod unless Danny gets injured. And then, I, again, if everything goes, if we're talking like what are the best case, worst case outcomes, best case outcome is what if he is semi-competent and they're like, oh, hey, they're a surprise, you know, 500 team or well, we can't have 500 teams anymore. But you know what I mean? They win more than we expect and they're actually competitive. They're actually like feisty and he looks like pretty interesting dude. Um, you know, I just think that there's options out there. I mean, like Marcus Mariota's found his way into a starting gig again. Um, you know, guys like Mitchell Trubisky got some money and got a chance to try and be a starter again. We just don't know. I feel more confident trying to ride Danny Dimes for this year than I would with Trubisky or, or Mariota personally, because I just think that 
Hundred percent. I I personally don't think Trubisky or Mariota are going to be starting quarterbacks longer than kind of six or seven weeks. I think both the rookies are are in um, yeah. bef- before bye weeks. There. I think. I guess my concern with Daniel Jones is that I think he has shown in his NFL career that he can be so incompetent that the offense just falls apart. And I think that my one thing is that I wonder if Brian Dable almost wants to assess what he's got. You know, what has he got in Wanda Robinson? What has he got in Kadarius Tony? What is the offensive line like? And I just wonder if they say, right, Daniel Jones is so incompetent, he's not allowing us to assess the rest of the roster, at which point you can plug in Tyra Taylor and you know that Tyra Taylor is not going to be, you know, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's going to do what you need and he's going to allow you to assess what you've got in the rest of the the offense in order yeah. to make that kind of decision because there are some big decisions coming you know yeah yeah decide if if Andrew Thomas is going to be a left tackle that they're going to pay you know 20 million a year to are they going to want to re-sign Saquon Barkley at the end of the year like yes. there, there are some big decisions oh yeah no 100% I I think that again I guess where the bet comes down to then is like how much of that do you think was just Daniel Jones how much of it do you think was coaching staff for me personally I think that was one of the more incompetent coaching staffs we've seen in the last five years so that's where my bet is coming from I suppose is that I'm seeing the rushing floor is super incompetent coaching staff now this is an unproven coaching staff but I really like the tree that they come from and I like what they've done in Buffalo um so for me that's where I'm coming in with it but I totally get what you're saying and there's a very real chance that he's one and done and he's just gone and then he's just a career backup after this or something like that but I think like I said if you're a contender and you've got two or three second round picks and you just need some depth um obviously I would love Davis Mills if I could get Davis Mills for that same price I would rather have Davis Mills but if I can't get Davis Mills and the guy who's got Danny Dimes is like a middle of the road or a rebuilder and just wants out you know then I would be I would be happy enough to to take a flyer and see what happens as my bi week filler or my QB three or something. And that's why I love having guys like Rich on is because they're smart. They see things that I don't see sometimes and we're able to really get into the kind of weeds here. But again, we could talk all night. I do want to keep it fairly uh short for people and for Rich. I'm sure he's got very important things to do. Rich, I appreciate you coming on. You've said it all, you've done it all in the words of the great Dan Hansis. You are a fantastic guest. I hope you will not be a stranger. I hope that my anti-Aaron Rodgers propaganda has not ruined our friendship and uh, guys again if you don't already make sure and follow Rich Cooling aka Papa Rich Cool Daddy at Dynasty Island on Twitter check his work out at DLF check out the 5 Yard Dynasty podcast and check out his Patreon he's got loads of stuff going on over there rankings trade tools um, Aaron Rodgers propaganda out the ears everything you could possibly wish for Um, he's an absolutely great guy great follow great dude to interact with always willing to help people out absolutely love love chatting with him and interacting with him on Twitter is there anything else you want to shout out Rich anything else you want to say before we go yeah the the only thing for, for uk listeners obviously the uk ffc the the first in-person uk fantasy football meetup um 16th of july there are still a f- very few tickets available we're hoping to sell out in the next few days so if you haven't got a ticket get one yes definitely that is going to be awesome um over in londinium it's going to be a great time can't wait for that so yes thank you so much rich for coming on guys thanks for listening hopefully you are going to get out there get some vets on your roster do not overpay for aaron Rodgers. if you do (laughs) maybe at rich (laughs) but guys have a great time and we will speak to you again soon
I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver, nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.